As the porridge-filled spoon touched her lips, her eyes filled with terror, and a tear fell down one cheek. Twenty-two years old, with a face gaunt and pale, the perfect control she had crafted over a decade was now being surrendered to another person. It's now or never, she thought. She opened her mouth and swallowed. Hi, I'm Garvin DeShazer, and this is your Daily Inspiration. When she arrived at the Montreux Clinic for young people with anorexia nervosa and bulimia, she was bedridden and weighed just 49 pounds. Anorexic since age 12, she began starving herself in a desperate attempt to not feel. Now, at age 22, her condition had reached a critical state. Hospitals and conventional clinics had failed. Psychologists didn't know what to do with her. In a last-ditch effort, a family member flew her to Montreux, a clinic that offered a more personal approach than the standard treatments. The day she arrived, the nurse carried her down the stairs and held her arm to balance her on the scale. It's okay, love. I've got you, the founder of the clinic said gently. To the nurse, she noted, record it here and keep the number to yourself. As the founder of the clinic sat beside Jane's bed, Jane spoke in a barely audible whisper. It's a mistake that I'm here, she said. I'm not to be loved. I'm worthless. I'm a horrible, bad person. Her voice revealing not a plea for attention or sympathy, but a deeply embedded belief about herself. Jane, look at me, Peggy said in a voice warm and direct. It is not a mistake. Jane inhaled sharply, a small flicker of hope crossing her face. As with many anorexics, Jane McCluskey was by nature intelligent, perfectionistic, and obsessive. As a child, she began to diet in an attempt to blunt overpowering emotions. Having given up hope in herself and her life, she had whittled her world down to a more manageable size of weight, food, and calories. Anorexia soon became her identity. It seemed, in fact, the only thing worth fighting for. I felt like I did everything wrong, she says. I looked at my life and thought, what have I accomplished? Nothing. So why should I keep going? Peggy Claude Pierre founded the Montreux Clinic in Victoria, British Columbia, after her two teenage daughters who had struggled with the addiction fully recovered. Although Claude Pierre secured round-the-clock nursing care to carefully monitor patients' medical conditions, she wanted to do more than provide a physical recovery to these patients. They have no ability to put into perspective that they're worth anything at all, said Claude Pierre. At Montreux, she enveloped them in unconditional love and support. If you can imagine a dog who is wounded or an animal who has been kicked, the natural instinct of any of us is to pick the animal up and hold it. But somehow, we don't feel that right with human beings, she said. For Jane, trusting that someone could accept her unconditionally, 
required a leap of faith. At first, I resented it. I thought, how can you love me? You don't even know me. But somehow, I knew she did. As she progressed in her recovery, she developed friendships with other women in the clinic, many of whom shared similar struggles. She began to open up more and to disclose the factors that had driven her to starve herself. Most of all, Jane began to trust she was worthwhile, and in turn, her personality emerged. I laugh a lot more these days, certainly more than before, she said. Most who become as critically ill as Jane never make it. Although often thought to be, quote, frail flowers, anorexics have documented higher pain thresholds than the average person, and over time they become inured to all kinds of physical hardship. Of the 20% with anorexia who die, the majority do so not from physical consequences of the condition, but by suicide. In one case that drew media attention, Samantha Kendall, a woman who had battled a lifelong eating disorder and who stayed at the Montreux Clinic, later committed suicide to be, as she said, with her twin sister, who had died from anorexia years before. Lena Zavaroni, a talented singer with the condition, died of complications years after her stay at Montreux. For reasons unknown, some are beyond reach. Others, like Jane, managed to flourish under the foundation of unconditional love. Everyone wants to live if they know how to live, says Claude Pierre. They just need a map to be guided through to a point of possibility. After leaving Montreux, feeling more peaceful than ever, Jane began to build a life for herself. She moved into an apartment with a young woman she had befriended at the clinic, got a job, and began to do her own errands. Grocery shopping, which had once provoked intense feelings of panic and overwhelm, soon became an ordinary task. It was never about the food, says Jane. The problem was far more in my head than in my body. I can eat anything at all now and not feel scared. For a young woman who had lost nearly a decade of her life to addiction, this was no small accomplishment. She embraced life obtained her college degree, and even took up martial arts. I feel a sense of rebirth, she said. It's like living again, living for myself. Soon, Jane went on to support others at the clinic, including an 11-year-old boy with anorexia. She recognized his look of hopelessness and offered a compassionate ear. It was a natural outgrowth of her experiences and development as a person. There is light at the end of the tunnel. There is hope, Jane said. I believe I can do anything now. So, how did Jane McCluskey transform from a frightened, frail, nearly dead child to a confident young woman with autonomy and a sense of purpose? How did she manage to overcome a severe, decade-long addiction? First, she trusted another person to love her, and she chose to believe that she was worth loving. She then took that newfound confidence and established a life of her own, and she used her experiences to be a source of love for others. Who can you trust to see your true worth? What people will you surround yourself with who will stay by your side no matter how hard it gets?
What will you do to believe those people, to believe in yourself, and to learn how to be that person for someone else? No matter what struggles you've had, no matter what fears and doubts you may be facing, I believe you're a special, unique, and magnificent expression of divine creative love. I invite you to claim this truth for yourself right now. Say, I am worthy, I am lovable, and I am loved. Thanks for listening. May your day, this day, be filled with love, laughter, and joy. Bye for now. Hi, this is Scott Sampson, producer for the Daily Inspirations podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Want more inspiration in your life? Check out our blog for weekend stories of hope and uplifting news. If you've been enjoying the podcast, we hope you'll take a moment today and rate and review us and tell everyone in your circle so they can get the same inspiration that we hope you've received today. We have big plans for this podcast and we want you to be part of it. Visit dailyinspirationsandmeditations.com to contact us with your own inspirational stories or just to say hi.